0: Hey everyone this is frank the tank keller here i'm a voice actor and a twitch streamer hello i am ryan i am also known as craig Christ 7 on twitch and other various platforms <laughs> and this is bestest buddies talk a podcast where we talk about dragon ball video games and Fillmore. Oh, <laughs> Fillmore. <laughs> we talk about Fillmore this week <laughs> so as we mentioned last week we were going to be doing like a little uh a palate cleanser after we finished the pilaf arc you know we 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 had the pilaf arc right and it, it you got to think about it like a cheese platter right that was like some that that was some like fermented cheese man it was it was it was it left a taste in our mouth right it's still stuck in there so we got to get like a nice like lemon sorbet in here to kind of wash it out so that when we go back into dragon ball that that grit isn't still in our mouths and we thought what better lemon sorbet than Fillmore? Yeah, like, uh, Fillmore came out in 2002, ran through 2004, just a small handful of episodes, but my god, they were good. Oh my god. I, so, before we started this, me and Frank were talking, and I, the first thing I said is, like, how much better is Fillmore <laughs> than season one of Dragon Ball? It's, it's so good. <laughs> Like, the theme song alone is just fucking phenomenal in this. The, and not like 17 minutes long out of a 24-minute episode. Oh, it's great. It's a 30-second theme. You get the Fillmore, I'm on it. Nice, like, 30-second riff into the episode. I love the voiceover guy, by the way, too, just as an aside. Just, oh, yeah. Today's, now, Fillmore. Today's episode, Tamar Astor. <laughs> like that guy that guy didn't get paid enough he definitely did not he needs to get paid way way more uh, <laughs> uh but yeah before we jump completely into uh our uh, Fillmore palette cleanser how have you been there ryan oh, not bad not bad it's been a pretty chill week that's good that's good anything new and exciting not particularly no yeah, it's okay. been very boring for you boy Fair, fair enough. How about you? Uh, let's see. I got a haircut. Um, I know, super exciting. What? Uh I might have just noticed that when you said I got a haircut. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. He <laughs> never notices anymore. <laughs> uh then I played uh, some Pokemon, trucking, and then after after trucking, I played some uh, Hearts of Iron Four. Yeah, I saw that. How'd that go? Uh, well, it went with the theme of the the night, which was a disaster. <laughs> so you know, it went well. Um, so I decided I was gonna go. You know, what? I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go Holy Roman Empire run, non-historical focus is turned on, and it all went to shit real fast. I got it. It just turned bad, and then Italy joined up with Japan, and it was a whole thing. And I was, how am I, how am I supposed to get from You know, Germany and Britain somehow teamed up to go take out Japan. Now, yeah, Yeah. it it was it was a disaster. But you know, it followed the process of the night where we ended our Nuzlocke because I accidentally ran into some ace trainers because I thought that was a different path that I was going down. (laughs) That one's on me. Fair. (laughs) We had kind of decided at that point this run was cursed, so we're just gonna plow forward until we got killed because it was inevitable. Yeah, that is is very true. We had, come on now, we had a, I had a Pichu and a a something else. I don't even know Mm -hmm. what it was. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It's a bad pairing. It was a bad pairing that, like, honestly, ripped hair and it wasn't hair but it's over now. So we don't have to worry about it. And then, yeah, trucking was the gong show. Yeah. Yeah. We're not gonna to go too deep into it, but uh no. just uh missed the <laughs> turn, added five hours to one of our trips, and then basically took us down a straight line, took us through a loop and then back down said straight line, and then our brakes didn't work and we did a lot of damage to our truck, and it was a it was a whole thing. But yeah, that was that was best as buddies gaming on Saturday. Yeah. Uh and then you notice know, the Recovering from a migraine, so that's been all sorts of fun. Yeah, those suck. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, other than that, I got, I got nothing really good. Been playing far too much UFC for. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Uh, I am currently the undefeated middleweight champion. No, not, no, light heavyweight champion. Nice. Yeah. I have a rivalry with John Jones. Nice. Because he's still in the game. Uh, did you take his coke? Is that what the rivalry is about? <laughs> uh, something like that. And then my personal favorite. Sorry, I'm just getting distracted from Fillmore, but my personal favorite is um, because like if you get into a rivalry with somebody, they'll like, they'll send you like mean social media like tweets and things like this. Okay. Right, and John Jones is like, oh man, this guy's a disgrace to the sport. <laughs> oh oh they didn't know it's like this didn't age well did it john jones (laughs) oh john and then that's also the uh the reason why i'm a little bit later starting this today because i i had to i had to beat him no that's fair It, it it was the first like five round fight that i've been in my 35 match career which i'm 35 and 0 my first five rounder and I was like this is the worst fight of my life and I'd like focus everything I'd start playing tub thumpers (laughs) Brittany was confused it was a whole thing (laughs) um no that's that is all I got um I am I am super excited to get into this uh As I was telling you beforehand, I definitely don't have as many notes as I do for uh, the Dragon Ball just because it's a palate cleanser. You know, I just want to relax and enjoy the show. So this is going to be, I think, a lot lighter than our Dragon Ball episodes where we're like really like point to point. This is what happens. Right. I think a lot of this is going to be more of like, here's some cool shit from Fillmore. You guys (laughs) should go watch it. It's all on YouTube. A whole show. All of the episodes all of them because they only made freaking 26 of them (laughs) which is depressing so here's what I'm going to get you to do right now we want you to keep the podcast on but what you're going to do is you're going to pause it we'll be here don't worry you're going to pause it and then you're going to go listen to the Fillmore theme song that is all you're going to do and it's going to be great and then you're going to hear Orlando Brown say I'm on it and then a Badass theme song between like basses, horns, guitars, and everything, it's amazing. And then you're gonna come back, Uh, talk about the show. I looked this up um during um when the intro first started playing because I needed to know this band that made this is called Ukla the Mock. Uh, They're a filk band, by the way. I have no idea what the filk is, but Um, I like it. It is the intro to a song called Das Ubertuber. Ooh. Uh, And if you listen to Das Ubertuber, it's it's all right. But, like, that part of the song hits hard. Like, I wish I could find a way to figure out how to play it for you guys. I'm just not tech-savvy enough to record it, but I... Gonna... All you need to know is the Fillmore theme rules. I'm on it. So good. Uh, speaking of things that are so good, you go from that to, and now, Fillmore, which that voice, by the way, is indeed Don LaFontaine, oh, who shit. If you don't know the name, he is like the godfather of movie trailers. It, when you hear the the inner world, that's all because of Don Lafontaine. That that guy is the guy who does and now Fillmore. Today's episode, Tamar a Stall. Damn. That that's is awesome. that guy. <laughs> oh, so good. It it just right away within like 30 seconds you get the theme song and you get Don LaFontaine right away you're in it. It, it you're just like I'm there it's so unbelievable how good this random tv show about a parody of a cop drama that takes place in a middle school is Yep. <laughs> and do you, to, do you want to know what the real crime is Ryan there's only 26 episodes. There's only 26 episodes. <laughs> How did you see this and go, nah, not going to make any more of it? You know what I need more of? iCarly. I need 700 seasons of iCarly, but Fillmore, you get 26 episodes. How? How did Fillmore stop? I don't know, man. Somebody at Disney's got to give their head a shake. Man. What a good show. Like even, okay, I love Recess. Mm-hmm. Fantastic show. Not as good as Fillmore. Let's be clear. Recess is fantastic. It's not as good as Fillmore. Recess got six seasons and three movies. Jesus, there were... You Yes. 1997 to 2001. Damn. I think it was Schools Out... All grown down and something about the fifth grade. Something about that, yeah. Um, three movies. Jesus. Six seasons. Fillmore got two. Two thirteen season. Ep- two thirteen episode season's oh. it's, it's an absolute shame. Depressing, but. Uh, but yeah, we're getting into a Marta Stall, which uh, is about no, 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 no. It's not a Marta Stall. It's a to Stall. Oh, to to Marta Stall. My apologies. Tomorrow a stall. Sorry. So for today's episode, tomorrow stall. Uh, but yeah, so Fillmore is a is a cop drama set in a middle school. Yeah, it is a parody for. We've talked a lot about what how great Fillmore is with describing what it is. Fillmore follows the ex-middle school safety patrol and essentially there what it is is it's a parody of a cop drama you have Fillmore who's the the badass cop who shirks the rules but gets the job done his his sidekick Ingrid third who is a genius with a photographic memory who who kind of plays plays almost a straight lace to him but at times has her own moral dilemmas you got uh junior commissioner Vallejo who is the 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 boss of the unit who like he he gets mad at the fact that Fillmore causes damages but damn Fillmore is also the best gets Gets the the job job done (laughs) uh you have uh Principal Folsom who's kind of like supposed to I think she's supposed to be like a DA kind of thing who's on their asses who's like you know if you guys don't get this done this precinct is gonna get taken down and so you gotta get it done for Folsom, right? Like you have everybody. The Danny, uh Daniel Farrell, who's the parody of the Irish cop, right? <laughs> you got uh uh Joseph Ansa, the Italian guy in the crew. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm Joseph Ansa. Uh they they literally it's it's um it, it's it's a you can find every single parody of a cop show within it um but essentially they so what they do is they take an overarching like major thing and turn it into like like a major crime and turn it into how can we do this in a middle school environment Mm -hmm. right so the first episode is a combination of like vandalism and like serial murder right is like supposed to be like the crimes that they're taking and like how can we do this in a middle school environment the second episode we'll talk about is obviously uh grand theft and you go through you go through that in a lot of them right there's an assassination attempt in a later episode um yeah, they don't hide that one very well <laughs> <laughs> So some of them it's like some of them are like the the parody is you have to look for it. And other ones, like there's the Red Robins Don't Fly one, which is so <laughs> the, the most blatant mafia parody I've ever seen. <laughs> um, but yeah, so essentially it, it gotta think about um uh filmmore as like, what if we took this very serious crime, made it into something very trivial, and put it in middle school? <laughs> that's what fillmore is but again uh it's dead serious right like here's the thing about fillmore it takes itself seriously into the extent that like if you watch this as a kid you'd think Mm -hmm. this is the coolest shit ever and when you watch it as an adult the parody is actually really funny so it works on both levels And when you watch it as an adult, you're like, this is the coolest shit ever. It's also still the (laughs) coolest shit ever. I still, I remember being like 10 years old thinking when I get into middle school, I want to be on the fucking safety patrol. And then you get into (laughs) middle school and you're like, where the fuck's the safety patrol? Yeah, I I did. We didn't have a safety patrol at our middle school. It was lame. (laughs) Fucking Um, Canadian schools, I tell you. (laughs) And then you watch it as an adult. And the safety patrol still feels like the coolest place on earth. But yes, anyways, that is the basis of Fillmore. And I what, felt like we should give a little bit of a basis to the show there. Good call. Good call. Uh, the nice thing that I really liked about what how they how they do the show is they break it up into like three acts, like the introduction of like what's going on, the the big, like the search for like their clues and everything like that and kind of where they're going and kind of like misdirections red herrings all those fun things and then three it all ties together and they're like aha we caught you that's how it works out in almost every episode by the way act one is going to be like here's what happened we're going to lead you the background story we're going to get you kind of an idea of where the episode's going act two is always going to be kind of like them gathering clues, misdirections, trying to follow off of misdirections. You're going to have a fulsome, I'm going to turn this thing into a blank. Episode one, it's a yoga studio. Episode Episode two, two, it's a tap room. It's a tap room. (laughs) Um, And then act three is where we see all the clues come together. Yeah. And it is, it's very satisfying because they're not easy to solve you would think a sh- a kid show that's supposed to be like a parody of a cop drama watching it as an adult you're like you'd be like oh psh, this is so obvious they do a really great job of subtly giving you like if you catch it from the beginning you'll be rewarded for it yeah right you'll feel rewarded by it but if you miss the subtle hints you don't feel like an idiot for it they're very subtle they're very much in the background Mm -hmm. until you see the whole picture and even knowing like i've watched all these episodes obviously i'm pretty sure frank you've watched them all too yep uh knowing where this is going uh and being able to look back on it and you go oh i can totally see how i would have missed this as a kid right or the first time i watched it like i can totally see how i wouldn't have caught on Mm such a good show but yeah, so the first episode to Stall, is about serial murder or vandalism. <laughs> More about vandalism, but I get the serial murder thing that they were going for where it's like this person's going to strike again until we unless we can find them. Yeah, so a serial tagger um, who goes by the by the tag of stainless, right, but we don't know this yet. So they they're opening up brand new bathrooms in throughout the entire school. School has spent thousands of dollars on this shit, right? To replace every bathroom is ridiculously expensive. Fancy new toilets, heated seats, automatic bidets, a whole thing. Why should a middle school have a bidet? I don't know. Listen, being a kid is thinking Folsom's the bad guy. Growing up is realizing Folsom would be like the best damn principal ever. Yeah. (laughs) She got her students bidets. (laughs) Heated seat toilets, self cleaning toilets it but yeah um and uh we get uh robin who is the uh committee uh the the president of the bathroom steering committee who's introducing everything why do you need a bathroom steering committee i don't know Uh, but they have one yeah because apparently you need the students students got to decide the bathroom stuff yep it's very much a representative democracy where. yep yeah. It's for the students by the students, and Folsom just pays for it. Yeah, <laughs> she, she's the money, yeah, she's the money, and the students are everything else. But yeah, so uh, the committee, so Robin like does this whole big intro, something about the bathrooms again, blah 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 blah, blah opens the door, and then we see it. We see stainless tagged across. No, no, we don't, we don't yet. It's still very clean, yeah, until they so, open up one of the stalls. She opens the stalls and goes, No. No, and then we see it stainless everywhere. Red marker. That's important. That's important for a misdirection later. Yes, red marker on everything. Stainless. Yep, and then it cuts to uh, to Vallejo going Fillmore, <laughs> <laughs> which you know he does. That's going to be a reoccurring theme. Vallejo yelling Fillmore, reoccurring thing in this episode. <laughs> See, so yeah, they call the uh, the safety patrol. They get into uh, talking to Fillmore and Ingrid. Third, fun fact: Ingrid Third is voiced by Tara Strong, who just voices everything else. And if you if you're if it's a lady, just more often than not, you can probably guess Tara Strong, and you're gonna get the foot right voice actress. <laughs> um, yeah. If if let, let's just go over that really quick. Uh, Fillmore also voiced by Alanda Brown. Uh, you might know him from Family Matters. You might know him from That's So Raven. That's So Raven. Um, it's definitely a bunch of other things that we totally know him from. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, the voiceover guy is um, is uh, uh, Don LaFontaine, who yeah. is kind of like the godfather of um, of trailer voices, and hence why um that voice would sound so familiar frank do you know who vice principal raycliffe is this one i saved intentionally because this is my favorite nugget i found from this i do not vice principal raycliffe is voiced by jeff probst the (laughs) survivor guy (laughs) that one blew my goddamn mind (laughs) i love it that is that is funny uh yeah there are a lot of there are a lot of big names in this show which is just i mean it doesn't surprise me but still it's crazy um yeah uh, fantastic i i just when i saw that i was like no i i gotta save that one for frank Jeff Probst. <laughs> uh, by the way, the teacher in this episode, uh, we'll talk about the teacher in the next episode because that one's fun too. The teacher in this episode is voiced by Kirkwood Smith. Oh, didn't know that. Uh, so I'm disappointed he didn't call anybody a jackass. <laughs> uh, get old red. Um, But yeah, anyways, off to the yeah. side. Vallejo Bar. something about a sandwich I can't remember <laughs> uh yeah he uh he broke a sandwich machine he yeah. uh the lunch bag bandit he <laughs> caught him but he broke a sandwich machine in the process and there's great there's a great <laughs> little quip in here where he goes Vallejo you ever eat the sandwiches from that machine he takes a bite of the sandwich he's eating and it sounds like it's like cutting through cardboard <laughs> it, again Subtlety is this show's strength. I would say beyond all else, it's very good at being subtle. The sound of like the clear sound of like cardboard cutting through that sandwich told you all you needed to know about that sandwich. And then Fillmore, he doesn't. There's no joke that needs to be made beyond that. He just goes, "Never mind." <laughs> <laughs> so they then they get told about the uh, the tagging incident of stainless. And Vallejo is just, he's very like nonchalant. He doesn't care about it. He's got other things going on for him. He's going fly fishing with his dad this weekend. So Fillmore solved the case because hes he's got a new fly fishing rod that's being ordered. Keep that in mind for later. This is another trope in Fillmore episodes, by the way. It doesn't show up in episode two, but you're going to see it a few times. <laughs> Vallejo's got something going on and he needs this case solved before he can do it things are going to happen again keep in mind the fly fishing rod uh we'll talk about that later but yeah. that is a running trope in this show is Vallejo has something to do <laughs> um but yeah then Fillmore and uh Ingrid go to the go to the scene of the crime they run up against uh the Flanagan I can't remember his name the, the Irish cop taking pictures oh, uh uh oh oh Farrell Oh Farrell. Oh, yes my she's f- <laughs> uh Feral taking photos and then uh Tiama Tiama taking like doing the forensics and whatnot and then they like they come to realize that this is like permanent marker yeah right and there there's only one other real tagger that they know that really uses permanent marker that's tagged bathrooms which we'll we'll talk about a little bit more here later Actually, no they mentioned the name here oh yeah they uh, because because this is an important part of this show that we're also going to learn at this point because Fillmore quickly goes, Randall Julian. And right away, we learned something very important about this show, which is Ingrid is our proxy in this world. If there's something that we need to know and we don't know it yet, Ingrid's going to get us there because Ingrid immediately goes, hello, new here. Who's Randall Julian? Right. And... um." So that's very important is that Ingrid can be our proxy because she's new to the school. Right. So, so if, if Fillmore just goes Randall, Julie, like that's as confusing to Ingrid as it would be to us who are like, who the hell is Randall, Julie? (laughs) And luckily they have one of those computers where you can like rotate the clicky button and the newspapers show up. (sighs) Those things are cool. (laughs) (laughs) And then it just shows a bunch of like, uh, Tags of like Randall Julian and all these things that he did. Uh, he used to be a like an artist who made macaroni, macaroni art, macaroni collages, macaroni collages that won him like when he was in fifth grade, won him prizes and accolades. Yep. And then he turned to life of crime, became the tagger known as Flavor Savia. <laughs> <laughs> he hit up every bathroom in the school. The only one that he wasn't able to hit is the one in the teachers' lounge. Of course, our uh crack detective Cornelius Fillmore caught him. Yep. Yep. He was the only um, one who truly understood Flavor safer Yeah. And then uh yeah, from there we go, we go in uh we go to permanent detention where Mr. Julian is being held. Yeah, uh think kind of like um like kind of similar to like Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> that is the exact parody this is going for. He is supposed yeah. to be Hannibal Lecter. Yep. So yeah, vicious kid. You know, uh, as as soon as they check in, like there's like an adult security guard, like full suit, earpiece, like FBI, Secret Service kind of guy, just sitting. It's like writing utensils, pens, <laughs> uh, golf pencil, golf <laughs> pencil, <laughs> eyeliner, eyeliner, lipstick, Chapstick. Lipstick, <laughs> mascara, and, then, <laughs> and like it's a long. Fillmore, list. Fillmore, right on it again. The the subtlety of the quips where uh where he's like he he points the basket like directly in ingrid's face and goes lipstick eyeliner mascara and she goes she shakes her head and the camera kind of pans to film more and he goes dog don't look at me either <laughs> <laughs> it's so good so good uh and then like yeah just make sure you don't have anything because if he does you should see what he did to the to the east wall with a golf pencil and then it doesn't show. Don't show us. But we can imagine it's bad. We know, look it's on awful. there. Ingrid's face, because Ingrid's face is like, Oh, she's horrified by. it. Yep, and that's burned into her photographic memory, which she brings up a photographic lot. Photographic memory, very important to this as well. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much in this episode. Not in this it. episode. The next episode is where, uh, yeah, is where the photographic memory thing comes up a couple times, and then it be it, that's kind of her trope throughout the thing. She's got the photographic memory. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they go and they meet Hannibal. I mean, uh, Ju- Randall, Julian. <laughs> he, he's got a lisp, uh, which I love. It's just, it's such a little thing, right? He talks very quietly, very stoically, like Hannibal Lecter, but he's got a lisp because he's only like in seventh grade. <laughs> Hello, Gilmore. What can I do for you today? <laughs> um, Randall Julian is such an iconic character to me. Like I, the second this episode started and I saw the stainless thing, I was like, Randall Julian, it popped out right away. It, 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 it he's only in this episode, but I remember this episode so vividly. And like, I knew where this was. Going. I was excited. I was hooked, man. I was hooked. Yep. Like Randall Julian's just like a really good character, really well written. Even though, yeah, he's only in the one episode, and it, it breaks my it breaks my heart. I um, could have done something more with Randall Julian. Yep, have another tagger. Yeah, make like, make us think that Randall Julian's back at it, but, <laughs> but we know not like it's a not copycat. Randall because we know what happens at the end of this episode. Yeah, and and Flavor only used black ink. No, green. Oh, green. He used green. My bad. Green. But the black ink red. is somebody else. Yes. Who again? Important. Remember black ink. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, they talk to him and they're like, he does, they offer him like, you know, you know, like little perks because he's in prison and he can't get any art supplies. Yeah. They offer him, if they give him help, they'll give him access to supervised time with art supplies, macaroni, pencils, crayon, yeah. coloring devices. So he gives them a good piece of advice here. It's written from left to right. Whereas the English language, everything is written from right to left. How stainless overlaps all their letters. You notice that it's lit, written Peace. left to right. And, and again, clues that add up, very important things that there's enough here to kind of deduce where they're going, mm-hmm. but only A, only if you really, really, really were paying attention, but B, it's a lot better to me going back to it now that I know and I can see how all these clues are building up. Yeah. So yeah, talk to Randall Julian. Then they go talk to uh, Robin again, who then points them into the direction of the alternative arts club. I think. Yeah, they was. got kicked out of uh, they got kicked out of their uh, their club room by the, the club committee by the committee, and they so they go to the alternative arts people yeah. to figure it out. Uh, like the club leader was a weirdo. Just in the library, he's like, "Club rooms can find me. Art is anywhere." And then and he, he stands up on himself. and he pours two cans of <laughs> pain interrogation of, paint on of self. <laughs> yeah. So he's a weirdo. He, uh, and that's the only time he shows up. In this episode, this guy is in five episodes. <laughs> uh, and then they go to the next member of the group, which is uh, Tommy, who is, you know, voiced by, uh, what's his name? That race car driver. You know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in the middle uh, of something at one they point. Dale right? They yeah, hard yeah. Dale no? Earnhardt. <laughs> uh, Frankie Muniz. Yeah, Frankie Muniz. See, Frankie Muniz <laughs> yeah, is in this too. <sighs> Crazy. More on uh, Frankie Muniz in a later episode, where he plays a bigger character than this one. Yeah. Fun fact. I, this is this is interesting. I I just put this together now because they talked to that they talk to the paint guy first then they talk to Tommy or Frankie and yeah. then they talk to the third person the, so the Fra- Malcolm so Frankie Munez is in the middle is, again oh my god Frankie's <laughs> in the middle he should have been playing a guy named Malcolm could have been Malcolm in the middle so yeah Tommy is busy doing a piece of art he doesn't care about tagging things he's working on his masterpiece it's a black circle it's 700 layers of black ink He doesn't want to end up like Charles Lasky. See? Who's Charles Lasky? You know what I'm saying? Exactly! You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That line there is also so great. Because he brings up this name so nonchalantly. Like, it's going to be important. I don't want to end up like Charles Lasky. You know what I'm saying? And Ingrid's like, who's Charles Lasky? Exactly! You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. His big thing is he doesn't want to, you know, be forgotten. So he's working on a masterpiece. He has no reason to tag he only uses black ink yeah um then we go to the third person who is like some sort of weird hippie who doesn't even use bathrooms yeah i don't i i don't remember her name (laughs) i don't know she did something with like pots and she it was it was made out of all natural oatmeal and oak seed yeah that so you remember that but not her name (laughs) yeah Um, um but yeah so they, three dead ends um, three dead ends and then they get called back by uh our asian forensic lady they go back and she's like hey i noticed something i, I don't know i none of them I, that i don't know i just like this accent for a cop now <laughs> well one of them does yeah. if, if when we get to uh when we get to anything with anza then he dad. has that he has that accent all right uh but yeah they go back to the forensic lady and she's like well Right here in this in this part of stainless, the, the ink is faded. So oh. they put two and two together and like stainless Struggly. needs a refill. She needs a refill. And then see, so yeah, they go hide out in the storeroom, and ho, oh, they catch somebody steal they see somebody stealing some black ink. And we get the best part of Fillmore episodes, the Fillmore chase scenes. It's great. So Ingrid takes on after him and Fillmore fucking climbs the stack of this massive warehouse jumping across leaping across the top of these shelves they're honestly 30 feet high at least right Uh, because they're at least four or five fillmores he's in middle school so he's not fully grown but we can assume he's at least five one five two yeah safe bet Uh, like jesus (laughs) these things are massive but he's just leaping across the top of them no remorse for his being because damn it Fillmore always gets his man yep uh yeah and then uh so they're running ingrid cuts us uh, and like rubber cement as oh the, the chair chase i was gonna say you forgot the best part Forgot the so chair Fillmore climbs down the side of this thing and our mystery assailant gets in one of those uh rolling office chairs starts rolling away and Fillmore's like got a head start got to catch up to him somehow so what he he do grabs an industrial sized rubber band ties it between two of them two of the legs of the uh of the giant like stacking things gets in one of the office chairs jumps back in the rubber band and shoots himself there's turns there's twists there's everything that's good in this chase and then Ingrid, then they managed to pass by Ingrid and Ingrid cuts through a thing of rubber cement. And it hits, it hits our mystery assailant.
1: And, and they it's unmask.
0: Tommy. It's Tommy. It's, it's know Tommy. What I'm saying? <laughs> know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then that brings us to our first commercial break. Yes, we are done. Act one. Today's episode of Fillmore is brought to you by... Uh, Lunchables. Lunchables <laughs> better than a better than a sandwich machine sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so which brings us to act two: a smearing of justice. Oh. <laughs> so Tommy admits that he is stainless, right? He's proud to admit that he's stainless. He's like, see now nobody will think I'm what's his name? uh charles Kask- lasky charles lasky you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah uh so yeah everything's fine everything's fine Folsom is happy so there's no more need to order any new stalls because they've got stainless everything is good uh falejo gets a package he's super excited he thinks it's his fishing rod and boom it's a prank by the safe patrol. he pulls out one of those uh those wallfish, yeah, <laughs> and it does the give me back that filet of fish, give me that fish, <laughs> and then they also managed to get like a barbershop trio to just be in the background that he somehow didn't see. Well, again, this is something else that we learn through that we learn in this episode that's true throughout the show. The uh safety patrol office is also the glee club annex. Ooh i don't see that, that sign in together. the background all the time. The Glee Club is in the background a few times in episodes too. Safe patrol to off is also Glee Club Annex. Ah, it's all coming together now. It's all coming together. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, then uh Fillmore, you know, sees the marker's like, I can't do a good Fillmore accent. So I was like, you'll die. I don't like him for this. <laughs> <laughs> can't be a- and, and Vallejo is like, no. No, shut up, Fillmore, because he... he Here's the thing. Vallejo knows Fillmore's right. <laughs> it's an important thing. And again, Vallejo in early episodes feels like an adult. What we learn in later episodes is, like, Vallejo is very a very good detective. He's also very good at brown-nosing Folsom. Hey, he's got to play the game if he wants to go fly fishing oh, 100%, on a Saturday. 100%. But what we learn... There's an episode... There's one episode in particular I'm thinking of later. Yeah. Where we learn how great of a detective Vallejo is. Yeah, like, um, Vallejo like, so, in his prime. Like I mean this in the best possible way to Fillmore, but Vallejo in his prime, before he became a fat brown nosing chief, <laughs> would have probably been on par or put Fillmore to shame. Yeah, I think that's a fair argument to me. I mean, he wouldn't have been able to do like all the chase scenes, but you no, know. No. <laughs> he would have been able to pick Hesky up a marker and be like Vallejo, hey. This is not Tommy. Tommy didn't do this. This would have been somebody else with. A they'd be looking markers. for a red refill. Tommy's yeah. markers are black because of his circle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so yeah, <laughs> so yeah, they 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 realize Tommy can't have done it, so they release him, and then oh boy, Folsom is pissed. Yeah, Folsom's though. not happy because now she has to order like 700 more new toilet stalls so they don't get. 700 brushed stainless toilet stalls yes and remember they call this brushed steel another name for brushed steel is stainless steel yep. important yep um and yeah so she's she's very upset and she says you have 48 hours to solve this case or i'm going to turn this precinct into a yoga studio for the teachers and then she storms off yep and you know, I was like, you gotta get this done. <laughs> uh, let's see, and then we run into another stainless t- tag, but this one's fresh. Yeah. Um, so they, know, they know it was recent. Yeah, they do. And then they open uh they open the stall and boom, bidet in the face. Oh shit, these bidets are super powerful and probably should not be given to children. Uh, Yeah. uh, That's a a whole bunch of bad things are happening if you're using these bidets. Because, man, it drives Fillmore and Ingrid back against the wall. (laughs) It's impressive. Yep. Uh, They do a small chase scene. It doesn't really, nothing really happens with it, but then they come back to the bathroom. Yeah. Fresh ink. And they, they realized that the other one... Ex- yeah, they, they realized that it exploded. So it leaked yeah. on them. So they end up going back to Randall Julian. Mm. Because Randall left them with like a little extra. He's like, no, that would be too easy. Come back yes. to me once you figure it out. Well, no, they got it. They, they didn't figure it out yet. After this scene, they figure out what Randall Julian was trying to tell them. Exactly. Now, Randall Julian made it clear that uh, this person writes from left to right, or from right to left, not left to right. They figure out now the reason they write left to right, or right to left rather, not left to right. Because uh, if you're a left-handed person with a marker writing left to right, your hand is going to drag over the letters, and you're going to smear But, if you write it backwards, then your hand's not going to drag. And there wouldn't be any ink on your hand, and you would never, they would never catch you that way. Also, uh, they both write really well left-handedly and backwards. Yeah. Uh, they, They, when they do this scene showing it, they both write, like, perfect legible left-handed writing backwards. I dare any right-handed person listening to this to stop and try to write backwards left-handed right now.
1: Frank's going to try it. What am I writing?
0: Uh, Write your name. Just Write your name backwards left-handed. This is a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. That's bad. yeah yeah that should be about what it looks like you know it's a little squiggly it's a little kind of messy and it looks awful oh right they are perfect at writing backwards left-handed to the point where i have now put ingrid and fillmore on my suspect list yeah therefore i can fucking fishy those two but they figure this out back to randall julian we go yeah he's proud of them for figuring it out uh and then, you know, they ask for more help and Fillmore pleads to him. He's like, you know, what? you used to be this and you used to be, so, you used to be an artist. You could be that again. And he like tosses some macaroni there on the table to try to like to appeal to him. And like, you know, you don't always have to be Flavor Saver. You could be Randall Julian, the one that brings like inspiration and hope into people's hearts with your macaroni collages of America. Yeah. Da, 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 da. and then he's like nah he just he's just he's not having it you know because no. why did he why'd they place him third fourth fifth honorable, honorable m- mention man yeah. if i if my macaroni got placed honorable mention i would also become flavor saver after years of being first place yeah i'd be i'd be yep <laughs> That's it. Placed my art third. Placed my art fourth. Placed my art honorable mention. Yep. Mm-hmm. By the way, he does that exact same speech at the end of this episode as well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then yeah, as they so they're leaving, Randall Julian just is, is no help at this point. He just congratulates them for figuring it out. And Ingrid drops a pencil. Oh no! That uh, that somehow stops this giant garage door from closing properly. Yes. And whoo boy, that'll come back to bite us. I'm sure of it. No, that'll be fine. Randall will just be fine. Yeah, Randall. You know, maybe he'll, uh, maybe he'll draw a nice uh, collage of America. Yeah, right. Just all he'll uh, he'll do some macaroni art. It'll be good. It'll be good. He's got <laughs> the macaroni now. Uh, but yeah, the Fillmore and Ingrid are back doing some more like research on that weird computer. And and they notice something really odd about Robin. Hmm, she's cutting the ribbon with her left hand. And like for some reason they also notice that she's wearing a glove on her left hand but not her right. And, and, and Frank, what did she petition to have brought in Like 17 times and get denied every time she wanted brushed steel toilets stainless steel stalls huh huh well it looks like uh we got a new suspecto that we gotta go talk to yeah so i mean that that's that's motive she had opportunity because they left the doors open for everything to dry overnight that's important Uh, too and she had yeah so opportunity motive and means i think that's all we need right yeah, means mode of opportunity yeah means in this case is easy because anybody can have red permanent markers yeah and I, I mean she was also a part of a committee so she had access to the storeroom so that's uh, so they they go to confront Robin as she's uh, oh 43 times 43 yeah uh, so they course. go to yeah they go to confront Robin as she's supervising the delivery. yeah the delivery of these brushed steel stalls and oh boy they uh they get into another fun little chase scene here as she they confront her they confront her and she she's like you don't have any proof with a big exaggerated point with her left hand so ingrid just takes off the glove, and and what is there a perfect ring around her hand of red ink. Mm-hmm. Why this ink spill formed a perfect ring around her her wrist, mm-hmm. and there's nothing on her hand. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but we'll, we'll we give it a got pass. You now. <laughs> so there's there's another chase scene. Somehow she manages like push over this stack of Bro, it, stainless steel sh- like doors. They're they're stainless steel like bathroom doors or even the the side walls of the stall we're not they're all kind of misshapen in like a weird way we're not quite sure what part of the stall they are but they're big panels of stainless steel there's got to be 30 40 of them stacked up it's at least as high as she is and she grabs this thing just throws it down effortlessly that girl's functional strength is ridiculous her dad is not a phone she threw it to <laughs> the, threw ground. It on the ground. Functional <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, strength sh- of an ox, man. Yeah. Impressive stuff. So they're, they're running through all these things. They're, uh, they're running, they're running, they're chasing, they're chasing. Robin's almost out the door. She's gone. Fillmore is just on top of these stainless steel things again because he likes to jump down and be dramatic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ingrid is running and she's pushing this mail cart. She says, Fillmore! And she pushes the mail cart because she is also functionally strong. And this mail cart, he jumps into it. They go flying. What's in the mail cart there, Ryan? Ah, uh, why, it's a fly fishing rod, of course, for one Junior Commissioner Faleho. Yeah. So we see it. Robin's almost at the door. She's almost free. But Fillmore, he does the perfect cast from the That's goofy all, movie. All of the <laughs> baby. <biggie. laughs> I wish he did the perfect cast. <laughs> so now i just want to watch the goofy movie (laughs) but yeah cast the line out hits some bubble wrap catches robin in there and for some reason she can't get out of this bubble wrap that's weird maybe it's like sticky bubble wrap like fly wrap. i I got nothing so i don't need to fix this animation here because i don't think it's flawed per se but I think probably what happened is she, because she, they catch her looking back, right? She looks back and that's when the bubble wrap comes yeah. out. So I think it's just a natural moment of being stunned. I got you. Okay, that makes right? So like she gets, there's bubble wraps all of a sudden in her face. She's ah, and she trips, right? Yeah. And she, just a moment of panic, right? And then by the time she gets up, Ansa and um, uh, Tahama are there. Yeah. Already got her. Oh, and, right. Uh, so I think it's just a moment of like panic. Yeah. It, uh, what's his name? The Irish one.
1: O'Farrell, O'Farrell
0: comes in. Well, I guess you could say that's a wrap. Uh, like bubble wrap. that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, we you know that's, you know, the usual cop show. That's where everything would end. They caught the guy, they, they caught yeah. the bad guy. You know, Folsom's like, yeah, good job. And Vallejo's like, oh, no, my fishing rod, you ruined it. Actually, no, he ruined it. Because he, Fillmore, you know, gently put it down beside the door, and Vallejo comes in. And Vallejo come, comes in, and he goes, good job, Fillmore, and steps on it. <laughs> no, no, he's, he opens the door, and it cracks into the fishing Ah, Oh, restaurant. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. So you think that's normally where an episode would end. That's where the cop episode would end, right? But it doesn't. For some reason, it keeps going on. You hear, like, sirens, and Randall Julian has escaped. <laughs> well, that's it's not quite how that goes. <laughs> so back silver. at. I'll, I'll, I'll be the honest one here. They're back at the office, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, while they're doing the uh, Vallejo gives them the, the Yakata the criminal. Good job. But Randall Julian's escaped. No one knows where his next target will be. Ah, but someone knows where his next target will be. <laughs> he We see Randall Julian sneak into the teacher's lounge. Go into the bathroom and open the first stall. But who is there waiting for him? Our man, Fillmore. He knew. He knew. Why he knew? Because he's on it. He's on it. And Julian gives him the Fillmore. Yes, you always understood, didn't you? And Fillmore's like, No, I don't understand, bitch. He doesn't say bitch, but we're going to assume that he did. Yeah, he channels in your inner Jackson. That's when we again get the placed my art third, placed my art fourth, placed my art honorable mention. And at that point I was like, yeah, no. And then we get probably my favorite, not like funny moment of this episode, but like honestly, just like a cool moment where Fillmore, where we see kind of more to the Fillmore character. Because Fillmore as a character throughout this episode, a little bit stale to a sense, right? Where it's yeah. like, I just want to solve this case. I'm a, I'm the best detective and I'm going to detectivize. We get to see a little bit more of Fillmore's character. And again, this is important because we'll learn in future episodes kind of where Fillmore came from, Yeah, right? Fillmore is actually trying to help Randall Julian here because he goes, you know what I see? I see somebody who's too scared to admit that they went from hell from helping some people to hurting all the people. So why don't you go ahead why don't you write your real name on that stall don't go by some flavor saver tag why don't you write Randall Julian let everybody know that it's and you he who failed them And he, yeah, he puts the marker down because Fillmore knows what it's like to be in that situation. Knows what it's like to have everybody believe that you will do the wrong thing and he trusts that randall julian will not he has gotten to know a little bit about randall julian over this time and i think he does believe there is still good in randall julian and he he actively goes out of his way to help him here he could have arrested him the second he opened that door it would have been easy but mm-hmm. that's not the point right this is one of the most important things about fillmore's character going forward is he's very empathetic right he's a detective and he's gonna stop criminals But he's very empathetic to people who make bad choices and very willing to give second chances. And he even admits that sometimes, you know, he gets in his own way believing that a crook's just a crook, forgetting that at the end of the day, if somebody didn't give him that second chance, he'd have been in the same boat as a lot of the people he's trying to catch. Mm -hmm. So this is the first episode where we really get to see that uh there's a couple episodes down the line where we get to see him lose that for a little bit and just kind of assume somebody's guilty despite the fact that it would have been very hard for them to commit the crime he's charging them of and then obviously as we go on we're going to learn more about Fillmore's past as a delinquent and and kind of see who he was but this is a very important moment for Fillmore because up until this point like I said Ingrid's the one with the character right? She's kind of zany. She's very different from other people. She's got a photographic memory. She, she's our proxy into the world, right? So she's a little bit more character-driven, whereas Fillmore is very basic. This is the first time you get to see Fillmore be something other than best detective in the uh, safety patrol, Fillmore. And, and it's done really well, right? And we get the ending of the episode where Fillmore, where he goes, where Julian goes, do you know where I could get some macaroni? And he does, because the thing we didn't mention was in the chase, they broke down a giant thing of macaroni. (laughs) (laughs) And that was Tamar Stall. It's so good. Fillmore is so good. It's (laughs) It is a kid's show. I cannot stress this enough. This, the demographic for this show is people probably eight to twelve. Right? This is the target audience, but it's nuanced and layered. There's actual characters in this. The the, the people in this world aren't just these stereotypes. Like, yeah, they use them as a basis, but they're layered characters. And as the show goes on, we see all these layers kind of get peeled. And I know it sounds like I'm reading a lot into a show for eight to 12 year olds, but I'm honest to God, not. They do a fantastic job of setting up this world. And it's very cool, but beyond being cool, it's very well done. Yeah, shit holds that. It does. All right. And uh, do we want to jump into episode two? Let's go for it. Let's just jump right into episode two. All right, episode two test. test. Of the the tested. Tested. <laughs> uh, So basically this one is they're writing their SATI 9 aptitude tests which I mean everyone who's listening to this has done an aptitude test at least yes. once in and their academic career. Again, another interesting thing because as a kid I don't think I could have quite understood why this would hit so hard. But these things suck. If you've ever done an aptitude test before, it's awful. They're like two to three hours long. You have to study for days at a time to to be ready to take them and it's uh in for us it's in grade nine they're called the provincial exams and they're worth like 50 percent of your final mark everything else you do throughout the entire year is worth the same amount as this one final exam yep Oh, yeah, we were in that, uh, we were in that awful year when we were going to school where we were like the guinea pigs for the new, like a new curriculum. Yeah. And it, oh, yeah. And then the tests. Yeah, the tests, the big tests were six, nine, and then 12. Yeah. Oh, those were brutal. And, I mean, and yeah, these like provincial exams, like I said, you go through your entire year doing what doing well doing poorly, whatever it is. All of that stuff, every test you've taken, every piece of homework you've done, yada, 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 is worth half. This one test is worth the other half. You have an off day during that test day. You're sick. You're not feeling well, whatever. Fail. <laughs> yeah. No coming back from that. These things suck. And as we learned throughout this, uh, throughout this episode, the people at X middle school also think these things suck a big central point of this episode is I think this is an interesting morality question in this episode, right? Of like, if you do the wrong thing for the right reasons, for the right reasons, are you still right or wrong? Right. This is something that Ingrid deals with in this episode to a great deal. Mm -hmm. Um, But they hold nothing back. Like, you are not supposed to think the Saddy Nines are a good thing. You're supposed to think they are bad. Our characters make it clear that, like, you're not, it's not like there's a few people who don't like these tests because they're not, like, they're not smart or they struggle with them. Even the smart characters in this lead you to believe these tests suck and they're awful. Yep, and, like, yeah, we'll we'll get to those. Yeah, um, but yeah. So the episode starts with uh with a, a teacher who uh who's he voiced by? That would be uh Kyle Gas of Tenacious D fame. Of Tenacious D fame. The <laughs> Kyle Gas cable. <laughs> Last week, Jableson Kyle quit Cage? the band and decided to play a teacher in Fillmore. <laughs> uh, that's why he quit the band. There was misunderstandings. He just he didn't understand so good i I could not believe because like i heard the voice and i was like that voice sounds kind of familiar to me but i can't put it on and by the way if you listen to this like and you think you're gonna listen to this and be like that's kyle gas it's not kyle does a kyle's a great voice actor right uh and he does a fantastic job but i had to look it up it is indeed kyle gas in this episode. (laughs) fucking crazy i love it um but yeah so everybody's writing the test we get to see ingrid with her photographic memory just acing it no problem uh we see a we see a guy in an egg roll shirt uh beside her just struggling he's having a rough time of it so yeah ingrid goes to hand the test over to kyle and not the mr collingwood his name is mr collingwood his name (laughs) is mr collingwood (laughs) Uh, who's, you know, like going, yeah, you did such a good job. Yeah, good job. And then uh, Seth, our boy in the egg roll shirt, like, like charges up. He's like, I'm having a problem. Oh, duty calls. (laughs) So yeah, she leaves. And then uh, as, uh, as uh, Ingrid's leaving, we get to meet uh, Enid Quintara, who is protesting the Satty Nines. I don't remember what the whole protest is uh, but it's something witty about Satty Nines. No it's not it's just S-T-O-P the Satty Nines. See witty. <laughs> and then she sits down and another protester sits next to her. And then she says yeah wrong protest. <laughs> but hers is ban Lobsty the Lobster. Stop crustacean exploitation. I love that line. <laughs> So a Lopsy is their mascot. Lopsy is their mascot. That's, this is also important. It, for some reason, like I, when I, even when I was watching the episode, I just took that as like a silly joke, right? Like it didn't clue into my head, like, oh, they need to introduce to us that our mascot is Lopsy the Lobster for this to make sense. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, as, uh, as, co- as all the tests are done, Collingwood is taking the exams, because he's got a big box of them as exams are being carried. In like a on like a little trolley. Does this happen before or after the conversation that Ingrid and Fillmore have? Uh, no, no, no. That's after. So yeah, okay. Ingrid and Fillmore talks. Ingrid confides to Fillmore about like basically how she has sympathy yeah. for the other students because. Okay, I just wasn't sure if that part happened before yeah. or after, the part that you're getting to. Go with yeah, it. Sorry, um, but yeah. So they they have a brief talk about how like, they don't go too in depth. They go in depth about it later but I can't remember exactly what they say, so I'm going to go into it now. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, so two things happened in this first little bit of the conversation before we cut to uh, Kyle Gass uh, with the tests. Uh, The two important things that you need to know here are Ingrid does not like the knives. Yeah. Ingrid uh, expressly thought things like they're not fair. You can't just sum up intelligence into one standardized test, right? Yeah. Actually, three things. Uh, Principal Folsom also gave her flowers because Ingrid's, like, the best student in the school. She's going to ace this. Yeah. Uh, that's not important to the episode itself, but rather to Ingrid's character. Um, because what's important to note here is it, if it was only, like, the people who weren't smart enough to do the test who struggled with it, I don't think it had have the same impact. We need to know that Ingrid definitely got 100% on this test. Like, yeah. aced it 100%, no questions asked. Um... So we learn, A, Ingrid hates the Saturday Nights. Doesn't like them, doesn't think they're fair. B, uh, Fillmore and the rest of the safety patrol have definitely got her a scooter for her birthday, and they're trying to hide it from her. To which Ingrid ha- they have one of my favorite conversations in this entire show in this episode, and I distinctly remember it, where she's like, people are just going to think I'm hopping on the scoot bandwagon. and <laughs> Fillmore's response to this is Ingrid, you carry an Abe Lincoln lunchbox. When do you care what people think? And Ingrid goes, Hey, Abe Lincoln, Lincoln is, cool. is cool. Oh, <laughs> I get it. Good point. <laughs> Which by the way, my response to that is, Hey, Abe Lincoln is cool. <laughs> uh, and then from here we cut to Kyle Gas with the yes. with the tests. Yeah, so the Kyle Gas is walking down with the tests, and he then Lobsey the lobster, ex mascot. Hey, Lobsey, our beloved ex mascot, how's it going? And Lobsey just stands there with death in his flailing plastic eyes. And the plastic eyes are like, no! <laughs> the best is Lobsey just stands there, doesn't do anything, right? Like, it zooms in on these plastic eyeballs flailing about. And somehow Kyle Gass knows and he just goes, Lobsey.
1: <laughs> and and what he happens, sh- Frank?
0: He steals the cart He steals the trolley of all the tests and he runs. And then the tests were never found. <sighs> so anyway, Stillmore gets a call now.
1: Yeah. It's uh, a
0: call. Kyle Gas hitting the emergency phone. I mean, there's an emergency phone on the side wall in case of em- break glass in case of emergency, call safety patrol. Yep. And Fillmore, of course, answers the phone. Fillmore, I'm on it. Because <laughs> that's his thing. <laughs> and so, yeah, they got to go figure out what happened. We have set up the story. There is the Sati-9 test. They suck. Nobody likes them. Yep. Um, we have um, people protesting the Sati-9s. There, we have important characters who we need to know about. Fillmore has been called because the tests have been stolen. Yes. And Act One. Yeah. Uh, that's what they do every time. Huh. But yeah. and before Act One does end, they do they do check on one thing first. Ah, yes. But Matt Lobsey's mascot, I mean, he's the one who has access to the suit. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's it's the easiest option. So they go to the men's locker room, and Fillmore's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Also. So, but the door is locked from the inside, though. When they get no, there, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We we gotta miss Phil. We can't miss Fillmore being a dick. So they enter the men's locker room. This is the oh. access <laughs> yeah. to the the um, <laughs> mascot change room because our mascot is male. So they enter the men's locker room. Ingrid's got her hand in front of her eyes so that she doesn't see anything. And uh, oh, it's and, all clear. Fillmore uh, goes in, and goes coast is clear and she moves her eyes, and there's just a fat, naked dude. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, ah, she covers her upper eyes again. (laughs) I love the just, (laughs) Philly just goes, oh, snap, I didn't see him. (laughs) (laughs) That is burnt in my photographic memory. You will pay. (laughs) Not the last time a full moon will get burnt into her photographic memory in this scene. (laughs) so now they get up to the locked door okay and yeah now the uh, they get to the locked door and it's locked from the inside so they they called you know to get it open the door gets opened and they see whoever the guy playing the mat who's the mascot he's there he's trapped around a pole he's got a helmet like a football helmet on backwards he's in his boxers and he's stuck there by a like a chinese finger trap and then you know Uh, Fillmore's great. a little bit of a dick here, too. <laughs> just push and pull, bro. It's easy. So easy. <laughs> just, just <push> <laughs> I, I don't think it's meant to be like that. I think he's just like... <laughs> just, it's just a thing. Like Push and pull, out, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, they, he talks about how he got overpowered, and they put a helmet on him, and they stuck a Chinese finger trap on him, and they stole the costume, and they climbed out the window, because... This locker room is in like a ba- on the basement level, yeah. Right, and they climbed out the window with the mascot outfit on. And as he's leaving, as he's getting carried away, uh, Ingrid, Ingrid says to uh, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Uh, lobster right. lobster crap trying name? to remember too. Ah, uh, I don't know, and it doesn't tell me here, Elliot, Elliot Funston, Elliot you know. Funston. So here goes, Elliot. Uh, what does she say? <laughs> the reason people wear boxers is to not uh, moon other people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, so now she sees people, please. Butt. Can we get something for Elliot's butt over here? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's two butts in one change room. <laughs> yeah, she's having a rough day with that photographic memory. Yep. Uh, And then, yeah, and then after that, we cut into, oh, and then uh, Folsom says that everybody, that safety Patrol has 48 hours to find the culprit responsible. Otherwise, everyone is forced to retake the SATI-9 test. And there's somebody swimming in the pool who's not happy, but I bust in the door. (laughs) Retake the SATI-9 test. Those were the hardest tests I took in my life. I studied for months. I saw spots. I developed this random French accent. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody just throws a glass of water on him. Don't worry, we're not gonna have to retake those tests. Oh. Thanks, (laughs) (laughs) Philmore. I developed this random French accent. (laughs) Um, see, a lot of good things happen in fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, so, a lot of good things happen in this episode. That's my favorite part of this episode. <laughs> the A Lincoln thing—it was up there. What just that little guy freaking? out. And then we cut to Act Two. Um, for some reason, this doesn't tell me what the act names are, and I didn't write them down. But I didn't act write down two, the act names either, and I fucking hate myself for it (laughs) yeah because they're usually something witty and it's great they're 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 not like listen if you're looking for puns that like you could make nowadays and be like wow that's a clever pun you're not gonna get them but if you're thinking back to being like eight years old they're like the greatest puns ever yep um something about egg rolls was act two yeah because a lot of act two revolves around the egg rollery yeah uh so yeah they they're 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 outside they're looking at for they're looking at the, the shipping docks of the school. And they see, they see Augie Samson here. Augie uh, Samson. A con artist a who a is, wait a second. Isn't this guy also voiced by Frankie Munez? Yes, he is. And won't he be voiced <laughs> by Frankie Muniz in the next episode? Yes, yes. he will. <laughs> This is before Frankie made all the money. <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, uh, clearly he made all the money because there's a, a season, an episode. There's an episode in season two, by the way, where um, where Fillmore's facing expulsion, and the only person who can save him is the witness to whatever happened, which is Augie Sanson, who is not voiced by Frankie Muniz. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but see Augie Sanson here. Uh, young Franklin uh, Mr. Malcolm over here yeah. uh, sneaking around with a box yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's awfully suspicious because I mean Lobsty stole some boxes uh, and Ingrid goes this is too easy and Fillmore bets her lunch that it is so they chase after Augie Augie runs away obviously yeah, and uh, does it in the coolest way possible. Uh, finds these little orange tube things and decides we're going downhill, baby. So so what you're going to imagine your team, is Star Wars, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Yes. General Grievous running away from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes, and that's exactly what that is. <laughs> but instead of Fillmore being Obi-Wan Kenobi chasing him on a lizard, he also... Goes in the machine. He also goes in the weird roly machine. As does Ingrid. <laughs> um, and so yeah, they. This listen in the standard of Fillmore chase scenes, this one's not great. There's a better one later in this act. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- but this one's. I don't think this one's supposed to be great, right? This one's a simple no. one. Yeah, this one because this one's like too easy. Auggie's the clear misdirect here. They've already said like, it's not Auggie. They've made it clear it's not Auggie. Yeah. Um. So they trip him up in the thing and he falls and, uh, and they go off in the lake and mm-hmm. they caught him. They caught him with the test, right? Of course it has to be the test. It has to be the test. So they open the box and what's in the box, Frank? It's tartar sauce! Oh, I love tartar sauce! <laughs> so clearly it wasn't a... It wasn't, wasn't Augie. But Augie, you know, he's like, hey, Seth was having a real hard time. With these exams, which obviously Ingrid can confirm, she, yeah, so, she saw him. So I mean, like he was having some real hard times, and he got into some bad crowds. So he might be the best person to take a look into. Mm-hmm. And he was wearing an egg rollery t-shirt. So, so our next location is easy:
1: lunch. The egg
0: rollery. <laughs> that and Philmore owes Ingrid lunch. Yeah, man. They uh they have some like awesome lunch names like, I can't remember what they were but they were they were good puns on like egg roll foods like I like yeah them. no I don't remember. I didn't write them down either I wanted to but I forgot to they were yeah. pretty good they were good I like them um but yeah so they they they're talking about how like this whole test thing and they're talking about Seth even though Seth is at the table next to them behind like a newspaper. Well, not- yeah, now hold on. They couldn't have known it was Seth because he, yeah. he has an obnoxiously big newspaper in front of his face like this. Yeah. So, so Seth is at a table behind them and they're talking about looking for Seth. Yeah. Right? And, um, and so Seth is behind this obnoxiously big newspaper and he kind of peeks around it and Fillmore goes to the... Jukebox? The fountain. No, Fillmore goes to the jukebox. Ingrid goes to the fountain to get a drink. Yep. Yeah. And so Seth realizes, got to make a break for it. Yep. How does he do it? Giant just, egg roll. The largest fucking egg roll you've ever seen in your life. Like, how is this a regular thing on this menu and not like a, it's an eating if challenge. You can eat this in half an hour. You get it for free in a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's how he got the shirt. That's how he got the shirt. Oh my God. what well, It is. So he just wanted a second shirt. Or he just really liked the egg roll. Yeah. All right, so yeah, he got a... So we're just making this. We're. You know what? No. We know this for sure. This is 100% what happened. He ate that entire giant egg roll that is able to knock Fillmore on his ass. I, like, literally. Like, he throws... an. If you threw an egg roll at me right now, it would bounce <laughs> off of me and I'd laugh at you. This egg roll is so big that not only did it take both of Fillmore's arms wide open bear hug to catch it but it knocked him clean on his ass this thing had to be like 20 30 pounds at At least least. and seth fucking chucked it at him uh but yeah he runs uh fucking this is my favorite chase scene out of the two two episodes i agree uh so he's chasing him Fillmore is you know getting up ingrid's on him and then he cuts right and Fillmore says I'll I'll cut around. I'll cut I'll cut them off, stay on them. They yes. go through, they swim through jello in the middle. So cool. Uh we see Elliot with uh, some chrysanthemums. Important. Elliot's yeah. got chrysanthemums and new boxers. Yes. The new boxers part may be not as important. Yeah. But the chrysanthemums are important. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that jello thing was so cool. Oh my god, that was awesome. Cuz the way it's shot too is fantastic because like they got the chase music going on and Fillmore, by the way has one chase track in his classic and it goes like do 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 boom boom right they hit the jello and the music deafens like it's like you're hearing it underwater because they're in jello and they're swimming through jello so cool well shot well done Fillmore. well done yeah. and then yeah so what well, they make it through there uh Ingrid's chasing him. They come to like one of those like the like the the raising uh, bridges. Yeah, a, a drawbridge yeah. for uh, rivers in case a yeah. boats coming under it. And Seth pleads. He's like you got to let me go. I you got to let me go. These tests, they were the worst thing in my life. Like if I have to take these tests again. Like yeah. Basically he's going to say I'm going to kill myself. These tests are terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like Seth makes this sound like a life or death thing. And Ingrid for a moment has an interesting judgment call to make. She also hates these tests and know that they're awful. And uh, she turns. She turns her back for a second. She does turn back around quickly to go, no, Seth, I can't. But it's too late by that point. Seth is Fillmore gone. had headed off. Fillmore's got him. And Fillmore gives her a stern Ingrid. First, we take Seth back to HQ. And then we talk. That's how you know that shit's intense. Oof. I mean he wasn't angry, he was just disappointed. No, he was angry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. you're right. He's he's in he's like in he's in middle school. Oh he- we forgot we forgot one of my favorite lines in the show so far, which is so uh during the during the Augie Sanson chase, <laughs> they're rolling down this hill, and you see a bunch of cheerleaders making a human pyramid. <laughs> and <laughs> there's this the cheerleading coach is like. Great, you guys are strong and sturdy and one goes and and one goes by and they wiggle but they don't fall down. And she goes, see, you guys are as strong as a geo dude using its harden attack. Then it gets bowled over. <laughs> Maybe that's why there's in more of this show. Uh Pokemon Company was like, uh cease and desist, bitch. <laughs> yeah, they 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 had already shot and like made all of the episodes. So they they let him go through with it, but they're like, no more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So they they catch uh, they catch Seth, and then Vallejo is actually the one that interrogates. Seth. Well, because yeah. Fillmore and Ingrid have to have their talk. Yeah, and Ingrid brings us the moral dilemma of this yeah. episode, which is important. Uh, Ingrid says, "Listen, I know Seth. He's a smart kid. He." He's artistic. He, he's artistic. He, he's clever. He writes this little comic about a pig named Shmugoogie. Yeah, it's, it's basically the, you can't judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree argument. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, so for those of you who don't know, I also hate intelligent quotient tests. by the way. I despise them. The reason is simple. If I were to take every number in a textbook, a simple math textbook, go from one plus one equals two, blah, 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 blah. The person who will score best on a test about that book is not necessarily the smartest person, but rather the person with the best memory. Yep. Right? Um, Our IQ tests that we have nowadays were written back in the late 1800s. They're designed to see how good of a farmer you would be. That is why so many tests are, that's why so many of the questions are like you have eight apples, or you know, uh, you are on a train half an hour away from a city, because these are all things that would be relevant to a farmer in the 1800s. Or a factory worker. Or a factory worker. But essentially, they're they're designed to see how good of a farmer you would be. Yeah. Um, her argument here is a valid one. And it comes with what we now know about the different types of learning people have, right? Some people are pure visual learners, right? You write something on a board, they'll be able to see it, and boom, they know it. Some people need to hear it. Some people need to do things to learn, yeah, right? Yeah, some people some are people kinetic are, learners. Some people are kinetic learners, right? They need to be moving. They need to be act. Some people are artistic learners, right? Where they 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 can't see numbers and put them together, but if you draw a chart, I'm on it right uh me i'm very much i'm very much auditory and uh and and words numbers Mm -hmm. don't work for me but if you take a number like if you take a number equation like if you take seven times seven Mm -hmm. i'll get it right because i know now right it's just secondhand but if you take that same equation and put it into words i'll be on it like that Because for some reason, words just work in my brain. We know now that people learn in such radically different ways. And standardized tests are the worst at just, uh, if you are a good textbook learner, you are smarter than everybody else because you're good at learning from a textbook, right? And that's Ingrid's argument here, right? Ingrid's argument is you cannot standardize intelligence into a single test because you can't possibly test for every type of intelligence in a single test. And her argument is, by the way, very well put, right? Because she doesn't just say he's smart in other ways. She actively goes through things that he does that are smart, right? He designs um, he designs games or something like that. Yeah. A- a- and he he writes comics, right about a pig named Smogogi. I-, yeah. I always remember that because I was like, I wanna I want to read a comic about a pig named Smogogie. <laughs> and she talks about how much she she admires him for these things. She talks about these things in a sense of admiration. Um, again, important character growth in this is recognizing that our characters are inherently good, right? In episode one, we see Fillmore is inherently good because he stops Randall Julian, not by just arresting him and treating him like a criminal, but by treating him like a human, Yeah. right? In this episode, we see Ingrid is inherently good because even though she is a different kind of intelligent from uh, Seth, she recognizes that Seth is as qualified to be considered intelligent as she is, despite the fact that he might not score as well on a test as she does. Yeah. Right. So this, this scene here is hugely important. It's also why I, so we were talking about this before, um, the, uh, before we started streaming. Uh, these are the order that the show was made in and supposed to be showed in, but not necessarily the order they did. Oh, uh, and speaking of a uh, fun little weird trivia things in regards to that. Um, because so, yeah, this is supposed like this is supposed to be the second episode. But in uh, in the last episode, as Fillmore is telling Randall's the Vandals history to to Ingrid, uh, you can see a headline from next episode, like the the, the third yep. episode, "A Worm in Our Midst." In that episode, which means in theory that one takes place first. Yeah, but I will say I do love the fact that they air in this order. Episode yeah. one, we get kind of the basis of film where we also get to see film more uh, kind of having a moral dilemma and overcoming it by being a good person this episode we get to see ingrid have a moral dilemma yeah. and overcome it by being a good person we are immediately told these people are good people right it's important to note they're not uh corrupt cops they're not corrupt cops or anything crazy like that and again before you think corrupt cops as a show for kids there will be an episode with corrupt cops <laughs> yep there will be two episodes actually with corrupt cops, and one of them's real close to film. <clears throat> um, so yeah, it's important for us to see this early in the show. I love this scene, I think this scene is really well done because Ingrid's argument isn't just, well, Seth is intelligent in other ways. She actively gives us ways that Seth is intelligent, right? Yeah. She She's showing beyond, uh, she's not just saying an argument. She's giving us an example of the argument and why that argument is correct. And to Fillmore's point, he says, "You're not wrong, but there are better ways to fight it, right? Uh, uh, Protests and uh, mad beats with matter words with matter rhymes. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, hard beats with harder rhymes. That's there. It is. Uh, So yes, Seth, like he comes clean. He he reveals that he. Had brought in cheat sheets. He brought in cheat sheets. He did not steal the tests. Yep. So he brought in cheat sheets. So that was his big crime. Yeah. Then we cut to our commercial break. Today's episode of Fillmore is brought to you by... Capri Sun. (laughs) When he said it, I was like, shit, something that kids liked in 2003. Capri Sun. (laughs) A new flavor. Tartar sauce. (laughs) Tartar sauce. Capri Sun. Because... I like you. Like you, Augie. I love Tartus. I love Tartus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we come into Act 3. We come in hot. Folsom is pissed. They have wasted 36 out of their 48 hours. They have 12 hours left. If they don't get it in the next 12 hours, this precinct's going to be turned into a tap studio. Damn, man. She's ready. Um, So she goes, listen, you got... Uh, Fillmore goes you said we had 12 hours we're going to get those notes and again important moment here where we see Folsom is not just like she she plays herself off as stern and but but in reality she, she is very kind hearted at the heart because she looks at Fillmore and she takes off her glasses and goes you're right 12 hours can you spare Ingrid and Fillmore gives her the ordinarily no but she can use some time to work some stuff out um and so Ingrid needs to go to a support group about SATY9s. Well, Fillmore goes off to do some exploration. And again, we get to see smart Fillmore detective work. How hot yeah. was it? <laughs> uh so I'll cover I'll cover Ingrid's part of the story here and I'll let you cover Fillmore for while we split apart. Okay. Okay. So uh, does it start at Fillmore or Ingrid? Uh it, it starts with Ingrid. Okay. Um so while well, no actually no okay so it cuts in and out between so yeah it it cuts back and forth i just need to remember where it started so it starts off with ingrid in the support group for the the SATI nine students right the the ones the more academically gifted or the better at memorization in that style of test and they go to support group and how how hard they've had to work to be able to do these tests and still be able to do well um she sees that not everybody is like her and has a photographic memory. She already knows this. Yes. But she's only seen like the other end of it, where it's the people who are going to fail this test. Not the people who have studied, given themselves anxiety attacks probably are on some sort of like Adderall or Ritalin to just make it through these tests. And if they have to take them again, it's the exact same position as Seth. It's the yeah. exact same position as the ziff French accent kid. <laughs> this random French accent. Uh, I wish that guy yeah. showed up. Again. It's, <laughs> it's going to be hell for everyone, not just the quote unquote dumb kids. Yeah. Right. And then it cuts the film more. So we cut the film more. And so they gotta find these tests, but something else they need to find is the lobster suit. We have no idea where that is yet. Um, However, lobster suits, much like all costumes, are uh, made from a high-density plastic meant for durability, not comfort. And as we learned from O'Farrell, the heat today had to be in the mid-80s. Eating my ice cream sandwich at lunch? No walk in the park. Sticky? Forget about it. (laughs) So, Fillmore has borrowed some heat vision goggles from the bird watching club in order to see if there's any heat spots outside that could give them a clue of where the uh lobster costume is and it turns out there was they found it it's in the middle of the fucking lawn (laughs) yeah this this guy's this this uh this caper is not exactly the brightest how did they not find the suit before it's it's not hidden it's like he buried it or anything else He put it beside a tree how did the lawn guys not find it it's bizarre. either way anyways so we find it and then we cut back to ingrid really quick yeah uh, so as she like is hearing everybody out she cut she leaves the room and she she hears enid again you know s-t-o-b that's 39 in a very grating voice um so she's following her and then she sees that uh, she has some flowers. Like she's she uh, she's behind kind of the door, and then we. Elliot says, "Hey, hey, uh, Ingrid! Oh, thanks for ratting me out, yeah." And then Ingrid and Enid says a bunch of random things I can't remember, or something about she snitching says, uh, her out. Thanks for thanks for ratting out the snitch. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, basically, they they talk for a little bit about why she wants to stop the uh, Sadie Nines. And then she sees that there are some flowers in her in her locker. They are uh, they're they're chrysanthemums. Oh, are they chrysanthemums? Yeah, they're from her uh, secret admirer. Oh, yeah. So, um, I mean, we haven't seen those before this episode, so no, 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 no.
1: Um,
0: that's the point where it cuts back to the last part of Fillmore's thing, right? Yeah, because it cuts back to Fillmore realizes something about this lobster costume so he puts it on and tries to climb through the window but it's not going to fit it's too big and when they look in the window they find a piece of boxer shorts and at that point Fillmore gets a call from ingrid saying hey elliot is enid's secret admirer the person who wants to stop the saddie night and that's when it all gets put together. We now have means, motive, opportunity. I mean, Elliot wants to impress his secret admirer, so he's going to steal the test answers, which means the SATI S89, the 9s are stopped, and he has access to a costume so he can remain anonymous. And access to the key to lock himself in. Um, there we go. So... We obviously get the whole story here of how he stole the test, ditched the costume, climbed back in through the window, locked the door, Chinese finger-trapped himself with the helmet on, boom, reasonable alibi. Yeah. So Fillmore says, we're going to cut off the exits. Go get them. By the way, you can use your present. It's in the closet. Big... Got me a scooter. <laughs> I love the helmet though. It's like it's like the a little alien helmet. helmet and pads. Great. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so yeah, they're they're going and then uh, Elliot. There's there's a good chase scene here. I like it. Yeah, it's it's not as good as the Jello one. No, but it's good. Uh, so she's um she's chasing him on, and uh, I can't remember what she says. But there's a dumb joke about teasers. <laughs> oh no, that's at the very end. So there's something else I want to talk about okay. before that. Okay. So this chase starts off. And he throws these malt balls at her feet. And it trips up her scooter, obviously. And he runs away and he thinks he's going to get away. And then he sees Lobsty in the door. And <laughs> we find out it's Fillmore, who hasn't taken off the lobster caution for some reason. So he runs away from Fillmore. And then we see Stumpy, the janitor, pushing oh. around his waxer. So and bad. Fillmore's like, Stumpy, can I borrow your waxer? Stumpy looks at him with a sad face and goes, be good, door." she's all i she's got all i got. yeah so Fillmore breaks the shit out of that waxing like that shit fucking explodes it explodes. so he he puts it in the high gear and tries to chase after him and so uh elliot the smartest criminal in the show just stops <laughs> turns around and, just... and and he and Fillmore just goes flying past and he needs to break the lobster costume at the arm to detach from the uh, the waxer, which explodes. Yep. And then at that point, uh, he's like, I got away with it. He's running away all smiling. And then uh, Ingrid just rolls up on her scooter because obviously the scooter is faster than he is running. And she goes, drop something. and uh, Or she goes, Haley, drop these. And he throws the balls at his feet. And she goes, got to get off of those things. Bad for you. <laughs> he falls they capture him uh god I feel so bad for stumpy he's <laughs> poor he he was so big good she's all I got uh but yeah so Elliot reveals where the 79 test scripts were little Ascantron cheats uh, Elliot still wins Enid's affection despite facing suspension amongst other things uh, and then yeah Vallejo is understandably pissed that he that Fillmore has wrecked both six hundred dollar mascot, a six thousand dollar waxer, Fillmore. But yeah, Fillmore and Ingrid they they clocked out for the day. Oh yeah, they're gone. They're gone. Yeah, they're they're leaving, and uh, yeah, they they talk about again proper actions against the establishment and things like this. Things you can do. Yep. Without breaking the law, like peaceful protests, demonstrations, perhaps putting up a giant banner. Over the name of the school. The boot. Over I, the name of the school. Putting your name on Ingrid it. Ingrid 3rd says the real crime is the Saddy 9. And then they go out for lunch. and But yeah, it fades out on Ingrid 3rd says the real crime, real is, crime is the Saddy Saddy 9. Nine. And that is X-Men's the end mind. of the episode. Hit the theme song again. We're out. Honest to God. I sat there after it going... Should I just watch like all of Fillmore tonight?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, it's
0: so good. So good. So yeah, this is the plan is we're going to, every time we finish an arc, we're going to watch at least one episode of Fillmore for you guys. So you'll get caught up before we hit Dragon Ball Z. It'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) There's only 26 episodes, right? So whether we do one or even two an episode, right? We can do this in like 13 of these episodes. By the time we're done Dragon Ball Z, yeah. yeah, or even halfway done. Dragon Ball Z will probably be well done. Fillmore, but uh, I you know Frank was the one who brought this up initially. So I'll I'll, I'll pull the behind the scenes. We were initially going to do the episode of Code Kids Next Door, where uh they try to where they try to decide to get a, what pizza to get, and so they need to just explain to Number Sixty Nine why uh why they couldn't do it. And they all come up with wildly different stories. (laughs) Uh, Number four is is just the Frieza saga. So we're going to do that. And Frank brought up like, dude, what if we just like watch Fillmore or something like that? I mean, like I hadn't seen Fillmore in so long, but I just I just I don't know what it was. But I was like, fucking Fillmore. And 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 at that point, I was like, that's perfect. Like in between seasons, we could just do like a Fillmore palate cleanser. In my head, thinking like, you know, it'll be fun. It'll be light. I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. It's not like I haven't watched Full since I was a kid. I've watched it once or twice, maybe in like my teenage years. Yeah, de- definitely. when I definitely watched it when I saw like cable and stuff like that. So you'd yeah, watch reruns of it. Yeah. When the reruns were on and stuff like that, I'd watch, I'd watch the rerun episodes and I remember them being good, but I don't, rem- I didn't remember, I didn't think I'd enjoy this this much. Honest to God, no word of a lie. This was so much better than season one of Dragon Ball. Yep. Oh, and man. like, when we get to the good stuff of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball is going to get great. But I don't even know if that can top how much I fucking enjoyed Film War. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think like, especially coming out of the, the Pilaf saga, which is arguably the roughest stretch of Dragon Ball and like the fact that it, like, i like, I love you Akiriyama, but the fact that a like, Dragon Ball made it past the Pilaf saga Shocking. in the animation itself is a fucking miracle. Shocking. Um, <laughs> I, I said it when we were watching the saga. I haven't seen this in a while, so I'd have to rewatch it, but I honest to God think that the GT going through space, collecting Dragon Ball saga is probably better than Pilaf. Cause I can, in my head, remember like a couple of, you know, fun episodes of that right the first episode where you meet baby obviously i remember they have a really cool fight scene in that episode general with Rid- ridlow is actually a pretty cool side villain that they yeah. run into right there, there's actually some stuff i remember in that gt saga where I'm like yeah that was kind of cool right and then everything by the way let's make this clear everything after that saga in gt is infinitely better than season one dragon ball yeah baby saga Uh, super 17 saga shadow dragon saga all infinitely better than emperor pilaf saga of dragon ball the only one one that you can argue is that first saga where it's like they're just flying through space collecting dragon balls because it is boring but i can name a handful of like good episodes and good characters in there i think there's three episodes in the first season of dragon ball that i legitimately consider good Yep. There's a few that are better than the others, but episode 12 and 13, and, and it's when we first meet, um, the first episode where we meet Ox yeah, that's the good episodes. <laughs> yeah, every other episode might be good compared to the other episodes in the arc, but that's it. Yeah, uh... Fillmore, different. It like, starts off banger level, man. Those two episodes, it comes a, out of the gate hot a flew by those episodes flew by i like uh so obviously we're watching them on youtube no commercials or anything they are straight up 24 minutes and about 30 seconds right run time of a show i watched them in exactly 48 minutes right i i didn't watch one and have to go back and rewrite notes and stuff like i just we're going on to the next one baby i'm hooked yeah. like i said after i was done i was like Maybe I just watch more film, or I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so sad this show doesn't make it past season two. Criminally underrated. Like, when we, I often hear the argument about the pantheon of, like, those early 2000s Disney shows, right? Uh, obviously, Resets gets brought up a lot. I'll be the first one to bring up The Weekenders, which is classic. Love the Weekenders. Right, shows like that. Fillmore needs to be in that conversation. Absolutely needs to be in that conversation. Goof Troop would be another one that mm-hmm. would be brought up in that conversation. Darkwing Duck, things like that. Fillmore in that conversation right now. Get it in there. Let's start putting some praise on Fillmore. Uh it's such a clever parody for a show that is um aimed at children. Right. Yeah like I feel like this is like one of those it's one of those shows that are on like that are on that was on Disney and everything like that at that yeah. time where it it wasn't like timing wise it wasn't where you're going to watch it with your parents but it's one of those shows now that if you were to show it you could watch it with your kids. Oh, absolutely. I I have uh we babysit my nephew over here. Yeah. Right. He comes over uh every weekday except for the Wednesday. Um I was legitimately after this, going like, "I bet you he'd like Fillmore." <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't because he's two, but yeah. but like he will. he will like Fillmore. Um. By the way, if you thought the uh the uh cameos in these episodes were wild, there's some cameos in later episodes that'll blow your fucking mind. <laughs> I'm <excited. laughs> like I'll, like i'll just throw it out there literal a-list celebrities (laughs) i'm excited um but yeah that's pretty much all i got like the two episodes were great yeah um i am excited to watch episodes three and four at the end of the tournament arc i'm Uh, also so excited for the tournament arc though (laughs) yes so i don't want the tournament arc to end but i also want it to so we can watch more film exactly it's a tough choice here, team. It's a tough choice. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, I'm glad you went along with it. Oh, it, was, it was a way better idea. Not, no offense to Codename Kids Next Door, which was also great, by the way. If you yeah. guys haven't seen Codename Kids Next Door, was also really good show. Definitely, Fillmore was the better choice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah 100%. Um, oh shit, the Fillmore? Sorry, <laughs> bro. Wait till wait till you see the fact that Steve Carell had a cameo in and Hayden Panter. God, man, what the hell is going on? <laughs> this show is just what is this show? Jesus, <laughs> Mr. DeLacy could. Anyway, L- John Reese Davies. <laughs> John Reese Davies. Yep. Sorry, sorry. John Reese Davies uh, plays. Um his uh his partner the the guy who moves to Tennessee that's John Reese davies fucking what um all right crazy yeah Caroline Rhea by the way also has a cameo appearance in it fucking hell man fucking hell this show what is what is this show I love it um but yeah I got nothing else to add to it next week Goku's rival We're on to good Dragon Ball episodes. Krillin, baby! Oh, fucking so excited for Krillin. Krillin starts off as a dick, but then, you know, he becomes the... the Yeah, we'll talk about that, because that period lasts for a lot less long than I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Because in my head, Krillin's a dick to Goku until, like, until, like, fucking Piccolo, and it's like... No, no, it's like four episodes. <laughs> yeah, and then, then he's like, oh yeah, you're like super strong and I don't want to die. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so yeah, until next time team, you can find us over at uh, twitch.tv slash keller and twitch.tv slash CraigChrist7. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube at Bestest Buddies Gaming, which, you know, has definitely been kept up with. 100% up to date. 100 percent up to date we're not definitely behind and don't have any of the pokemon stuff up there but that's neither here nor there uh um, pokemon stuff's gonna gonna go up i i got this because we're we're gonna start to Pokemon stuff with the next run because this run's dead anyways yeah. it doesn't even count doesn't even count it doesn't isn't a thing anymore so uh yeah you can check us out there so until next time guys have yourself a wonderful day and uh talk to you next week Deuces.